Hello and welcome to Talking Stars, the December edition. The end of the year is upon us. We've eaten our turkeys, well half of us have, and it's nearly time for Christmas. So what have we got? Damien is here to see what we get. Don't you hate when you try to applaud yourself but you hit the wrong button? There we go. That's what I wanted. Um, hey, I'll just say, I'll quote the words of our president. He is most thankful this year for himself. Doggone it, I feel the same way. I'm thankful that we're getting season two of my favorite sitcom. <laughs> What's that? The Donald Trump show. <laughs> it continues. But anyway, Kira is having another month off, but she will be back in December when we go around to see what we're looking forward to in 2019 but without further ado let's talk December Damien which yes. one would you most like to talk about well uh, I think December is going to be a cool month it's it's a little bit of a lean month uh, in some ways uh, but let's see here I was assigned or I, I got to pick one which is always great because what we do is we just pick trailers that are going to be showing and then we talk about them and we say whether we think they're, they'll do good or they'll do bad and fortunately for me this one that i'm going to talk about i have seen at least three trailers now mind you they're kind of chopped up trailers are sometimes like that you'll they say new trailer but you'll see the main scene again and a few other little chopped up things they're just in different order and uh, the movie is Aquaman. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. Jason Momoa. I know, I know. Okay, don't worry, I won't do that the whole show. I really enjoy my little clapper sometimes. Uh, Jason Momoa, yeah, he's an interesting fellow. Uh, I am behind him. I like his career. I like where he's going. He, he seems less angry as when he first started. I think his... His job in Game of Thrones was kind of to be this angry guy. Nice guy slash angry guy, if you can have that. And I think he's losing that, that angry guy. And he's starting to get more relatable guy. But he's still got those eyebrows. But um, the Aquaman uh, trailer, it looks, it looks fun. My only hope is that it's not going to be too bloated with all that fun. Do you know what I mean, Darren? Yes. What do you think of it? What do you think of the trailer? Well, I was in after him being probably the best part of Justice League. Mm -hmm. And, of course, we do have one of our favorite directors, Mr. James Wan. As producer. As director. Uh, have you checked that? Yes, it definitely still says James Wan directing Aquaman. Oh... He's been directing. Check. Go ahead, talk. I'm going to check. <laughs> he's been directing for the last three years. That's why he's only been producing the horror movies. Okay, it's possible, but I am going to check it. So, what else the did you think of it? It's more the character looks interesting. The underwater stuff looks. Uh, it could be good. Uh, oh my, my biggest gosh, worry right. is I just don't want to see Amber Heard in anything at the moment. She's a bit of a psycho, but. We do have Dolph Lundgren and Nicole Kidman to make up for that. And Willem Dafoe with Patrick Wilson. It's like, it's got a nice little cast here. 
We've got a breakout leading actor here who's gone on done a few independent movies we like in The Bad Batch. Yeah. And obviously he was fantastic in Game of Thrones. Don't need him around much in Game of Thrones because he only lasts one season. But he was but, a hateable character in The Bad Batch. I don't know if anybody even saw that movie, but I did. He was not meant to be liked, but he had to learn. After look who best. Amber Heard is. That was the oh, one that married, that married Johnny Depp. and They've been at each other's throats since they got divorced. Oh, okay. So that bothers you. It's more that I don't really know. Let's say he was happily married before she came along. Okay. <laughs> and then he got accused of abuse. Mm-hmm, I remember that. But he didn't... Well, the video didn't show him doing anything, just being upset about something. Again, it's a context video. As we know, most internet videos are context. Yeah. And usually side on the person that thinks they're the victim. Yeah, yeah. But, okay. I don't. I mean, she's very pretty. I don't. I haven't really followed much of her stuff. Uh, Nicole Kidman, ironically, I, you know, I'm not that crazy about her, but it looks like the role she's playing is going to be. Uh, well, what is it? What is the role she's playing? I would imagine she's going to be the mum. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say because you know, I don't know my Aquaman before. She's not going to be the young princess, which is not being mean. It's just saying, hey. We all play different roles as we get older, right? Um, Should be the Rene Russo of this movie from the four movies, etc. They always have to have an attractive 40 to 50 year old to play their mums. That's pretty much the new thing to do. Well, you are correct. Just to let listeners know, James Wan is the director which, for me, is a ticket price right there. I would pay to see anything he did as a director. So I'm looking forward to that. It looks very busy, though. And, aren't uh, all of these movies, they aren't. They're all Superman superheroes. They have to have, like, 6,000 characters doing two tasks, hating each other, scheming against each other, yeah, and try to become mates with someone else's franchise. But it can work... Like, for example, Spider-Man 2, my favorite Spider-Man movie ever made. And that one is about as busy as you can get with Doc Ock and, you know, the flying through the streets and all, you know, the, the bus and the, the subway bus and all the stuff that it's just, and Mary Jane and the romance. So that one's very busy as well. And that one works. And it's like my favorite movie. So this could work. But if we're going to be underwater a whole bunch and just, Look how neat this looks. I was kind of against that until you mentioned to me that James Wan is not the producer, but in fact the director. And, you know, if you haven't heard of James Wan out there, he did Saw and, you know, so many other films. Insidious is my favorite horror movie. It's only rated PG. So uh, I'm not as messed up as all you guys may think. I like a PG movie better than anything else. But it was done by James Wan. And a lot of the stuff since then, including The Nun, was not done by James Wan directing, but rather producing. So this is a chance for us to see what he can really do. And I will bet you a lot of the world feels the same way I do 
about his name, so I'll bet you the studio was just begging him to direct it. Well, he has done a million, a billion dollar movie in the past, so he yeah. has a good reputation because he did take over the first Nefarious franchise for one movie. Yeah. Yes, it was the most difficult one to shoot because it was the one where Paul Walker died in the middle. Yeah. But that movie did go on to make over a billion dollars worldwide. So you don't feel like they're taking that much of a risk with him either, which is good. No way. But you're taking a big risk bringing a new character into the DC. Well, they always have to do something different because Batman and Superman are getting kind of boring now. Yeah. Um, they're copying Marvel by going for the supporting characters and just seeing how Marvel has failed to miss in their solo movies completely in the last 10 odd years there's been a few weaker ones but generally people have enjoyed most of them or enjoyments from more or one of them yes. if that makes sense it does <laughs> and what also might make sense to you is that I was talking to our friend Drew and he said he's a comic book guy it really likes comic book movies and he, and I said what do you think of Wonder Woman because I really like Wonder Woman and he said, um, very, very calmly, very adroitly, he said, uh, it's the best DC movie. <laughs> like that, like, like that's not saying much. But, uh, yeah. So it, you know, I'm sure DC got on the horn with, uh, James Wan and said, what do you want? You know, we, we need you. What do you want? And, you know, I don't know that when you get that huge, all your projects are necessarily your, where you put all your life, blood, sweat, and tears into. I don't know how you know he really feels inside about Aquaman, but I know somehow he got to the helm. So I really want to want to see it. Well, we hope DC can hit one out of the park. Hey, yeah, I'll be happy if they do. They need because to because they can just reboot the Justice League without Batman and Superman. And just have Wonder Woman and Aquaman. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that could work. That'd be the future. Well, I don't know how old he is, but he might be too young for her. I don't know. <laughs> At that point. Well, they're both technically godlike figures, I guess. That's true. So they never age. Yeah. Well, let's see. We've only got a matter of time. <laughs> so we'll move on to the second film of our list. And it's going to be one picked by myself. And it's a documentary. Yes, that's telling you how slow this month is going to be in English cinemas. I am picking Free Solo, which is a movie I have heard so much about for so long. And it is about a climber who wants to climb El Capitan in Yosemite. Oh, what, what's it called? That place in America. Yosemite? Yes. <laughs> Basically, a pure vertical climb without rope or safety and we watch how he prepares for it and how he does this climb that, that's pretty much the story I just feel like it's going to be fascinating like, I've heard if you watch this in like an IMAX there are some amazing scenes as well yeah I, I don't mind this type of documentary it's just trying to prove that there are some people crazy enough to do these stupid things and they will achieve them if they actually know what they're doing. Right. 
uh, when you're, he looks pretty young, I don't know his age, but he looks fairly, maybe early 20s, um, and, uh, I don't know, when I was in my early 20s, I wanted to be in a rock band, which was crazy enough, but this, this thing is crazy, uh, he, he wants to climb up pretty much flat rock, and I don't, don't even want to say pretty much, I'm just going to say, he wants to climb up flat granite, flat rock, it looks, my hands were sweating when I was watching the trailer, and the music's cool, the National Geographic label, for me, kind of took away from it a little bit, because I thought, well, that's just something to watch on, you know, TV, or the computer, so I don't know if that was to their benefit, to, to emblazon the logo of National Geographic all over the trailer, because it doesn't even look like a movie then. It looks more like just something you'd see on the internet. Uh, but he's nuts. That We know that. He's young. Uh, my wife made a good point. She said he, would, he, he couldn't have died <laughs> or they wouldn't have you know, probably published this. It's probably true, but we don't know exactly. I'm sure we could look up and find out if he's alive. But um, yeah, I mean... I love movies that encourage me to go to the next level in my own life. I'm going to sneeze here for a minute. No, maybe not. Okay, my next level is to continue talking. While I Imagine if sneeze. he did that halfway up the cliff. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> there is a scene in the trailer where he falls. You remember that scene? That is scary. He doesn't fall all the way, but he just kind of slides down. Like, uh. But, uh... But yeah, so, you know, another a movie that really did that for me was, um, th- there have been so many documentaries that have come out uh, through the years, and, um, you know, Netflix has a whole bunch of them, uh, but the one that, that was actually a movie and then became a documentary on Netflix was Man on Wire, and it was not the uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt movie, but Prior to that, it was the actual story of Philip Pettit. Pettit, there we go. And he strung a huge cord across the Twin Towers in New York City. Years, 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 years. It was like 69. It was like the year I was born. Um, you know, years before the tragedy of the Twin Towers. And he just walked across them. And uh, that was his, like, weird dream. He didn't have a problem with it at all because he was really into doing that. And he was practiced at it. And it just got me thinking about how, like, you know, for jobs we interview for or, you know, careers we aspire to, things we want to do. It's like a lot of times we get really scared and we fall or we back out of it. But we need more of an attitude like him. And that, to me, that documentary did that for me. Again, it's called Man on Wire. Really good one. Now, this one might be Man on Wire for someone. So I think that's great. But the combination of like the rock music or the inspiring, you know, music and just watching this guy climb up, I don't know how much it's going to do for me. So I think I'm going to wait until it's on, uh, you know, until it's on TV, but then I will watch it. Okay. Well, that's something you might be watching then. So let's go to something you will be watching. (laughs) Yeah. um, Mary Poppins is a classic, uh, especially if you've seen it. You know, when you were a child, which, of course, I did, uh, it would come around to the movie theaters, and they'd play it in the movie theaters, oh, I don't know, around 19, the mid-70s. They would bring 
Herbie and the Love Bug and all these, you know, those magnificent men and their flying machines, all these movies that Disney had put out that were just kind of like afternoon matinee movies. And Mary Poppins would play. So we saw it there as kids. I had, I'm the first of four kids, so I'd bring my brother and my two sisters and we'd watch it. And we loved it. She's so good. The music is so great. Who can forget, you know, just a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. You know, uh, She's just got so many songs. Julie Andrews, I mean. And now we're moving to Emily Blunt. And we're going to see what Emily Blunt can do with it. I understand that it's not a remake. It's a sequel. And it takes place where the Banks children have actually become the adults in the house. And they have their own kids. And Mary Poppins comes back, but this time it's Emily Blunt. And she does sing, and we got our first taste of her singing in the most recent trailer. She's got pipes. She can sing. So, I've always liked Emily Blunt. I've always thought she was an amazing actor. Somebody who is very real, and uh, not just in it for the flash, but the substance. And um, so, you know, just kind of put those things together. Loving Disney uh growing up and loving that movie and dick van dyke is in it <laughs> he's at the end he's dancing around on the stage he he plays uh the chimney sweep uh what is it is it bill no what's his name i can't remember his name but he's like the chimney sweep in the first uh um movie and now who knows what he is but he's dancing around i think he plays the old guy that laughs so much in the first movie but he's dancing too, so it'll be a fun night out. Plus, I might, I might add that I have kids too, you know. There are people who just like to go see Disney and they're going to see The Lion King and all these things. But, you know, as a couple or even alone, there are people like that. I'm not really like that. I like going with my kids, you know, but um, but I'll enjoy it. I'll enjoy it just as much as they will. So there you have it. That's my interpretation of this trailer. I have other things to say, but go ahead, Darren. And the Disney cash machine continues on <laughs> with a movie we don't really need. And we'll end up making lots of money because families will go and see it. Yay. <laughs> well, they they have to make up for all the money they're going to lose from Star Wars. I've uh, only lost money on one. Yeah, but they bought so Think of how much they've paid George Lucas. I mean, it's probably just this untold sum. They, they've yeah. made that back already on the first two. Oh, you think so? Well, I don't know. With all the internet baloney and people getting mad and stuff, makes you wonder if it's going to kind of go down, go under, maybe not be popular anymore. It probably will after the next one. It's going to be the last one for a while. Yeah. <laughs> I, no offense, but I hope so. <laughs> I I don't know where you, I don't I don't remember where you stand on Star Wars. I think you're more of a neutral. I like the the series i don't like the solo movies yeah but i don't think we need them as much but disney have decided they're just going to just spam the audience next year anyway yeah as you've probably seen the schedule going around with captain america dumbo lion king aladdin toy story 4 avengers spider-man and frozen 2 and a star wars movie all coming out next year yeah. So I don't know where money's going to be made by the rest of the studios because The Lion King looks looks pretty but doesn't seem to offer anything new to that story. 
I don't care for that trailer. It was rubbish. Um, I don't know if that's just teasing us to say, oh, look, we've done a Lion King movie with CG. Instead of yeah. animated, it's pointless. At least do something yeah, original. Don't be saying it's rubbish, because when you go down to Twitter feed, at least my Twitter feed, boom. People, oh my god, I died. It was so cute, and I was in tears, and I don't know. I wonder if he'll play this, I wonder if he'll play that. So people are really excited about it, I think. Well, unlike when they did Maleficent, it was original. Yeah. An original looking of that yeah. story, which was fine. I don't mind that, but this just looks like we're doing exactly the same with movie, just CGIing it. And so, yeah. The point, the point being, I'm trying to think of something that that you just love. If they would do a remake of it, and I'm I'm coming up empty, but I'm thinking of maybe some of your uh, action movies that you like. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember. Didn't didn't you like uh, some of the Jackie Chan stuff. Yeah, most people yeah. like Jackie Chan stuff. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, there's something you really liked, and, and and they you know made the remake of it. You'd know all the characters, and you'd want to go see it just so you could see who was playing who and what they were saying, and you know was the was the karate as good? I mean, you know that's true, Darren. So, so that would be everything would be different because they wouldn't choreograph the fighting the same. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and they wouldn't. Everything wouldn't be a good complete copy apart from that weird Psycho movie that was remade. Um, even yeah. Old Boy was yeah, different was in how it was remade. I just yeah. don't. The trailer just, if you, as everyone's probably shared on your Twitter as well, the animated trailer is exactly the same, and it's all like so. Mm-hmm. I know. So what have you done? You bought out a cute little lion which is not actually going to be there to make money at the cinema, but to make your kids buy a toy. Oh. But but yet there are people across our lands, across your land, who will put their hands to their face and a tear will well up and they'll say, James Earl Jones is doing it. You know, you're going to get that even. You're going to get every little nuance. Oh my God, I wonder what Simba will look. There's Simba! You know, that's just how people are. And so they they want to do a re- yeah it's cash grab but um, another thing is that the people with kids right now the little kids unless they you know have a, a subscription to the Disney Channel which they probably do are not showing their kids the Lion King and Little Mermaid and Dumbo and all these movies so they don't have access to them unless they still have a VH excuse me a VHS machine. So this is a way of getting it out to those little guys, which, come on, that's got to be kind of cool, you know, since they didn't have access to it like we did. You know. So that's another way to look at it. But I agree, it was kind of a strange trailer, but, you know, it, it's going to get people excited, and I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I... I really want to put this. I'll probably put it up on my Twitter because I can't can't promise that I'll be able to put it in the episode. I don't know if it'll fit, but you know, quite be a fit for our episode. But I will try to. But I'll definitely put it on my Twitter. Um, Riley on film. Um, it, it, I saw this uh, interview with uh, Robert England, and uh, he was say, he people were really ticked off. That they had signed on to do six more 
uh, Nightmare on Elm Street films with the studio. And they weren't going to have him as, as Freddy. So all these kind of guys in their 20s, 30s, 40s, they're all saying, you know, what the hell, man? You're the dude. And you know, the cameras are flashing and stuff. And he's all, well, hold on a minute here. And he started explaining how he can't jump, like, you know, as far as they had him jump in the last movie and different things they had him do. And we forget about that, you know, people get older. But then he also gives this really long diatribe about how remakes make sense. Because people will not ever get to see a lot of stuff that he liked as a kid unless it was remade. You know, and I, I never really thought about it that way, but but uh, it made sense. So, you know, thank you, Freddy Krueger, But I will try and post that because it's really neat. Because last time they rebooted Nightmare on Elm Street, it went really well. Yeah, it's not even a reboot. They, they've already signed they're going to do uh, six. I think they have the actors, too. Let's say that probably won't work. Probably not. We'll have to see. But because of the idiots who went to see Halloween, it probably will work. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there'll be a reboot, sequel, whatever they want to call it. <laughs> Everything after the first one never happened. Yeah. They said it. it. I'll send. I'll send you the. I'll put it up and also send it to you personally. But they're supposed to be straight remakes. Of like six movies, so I don't know. I think they would go different directions to where they went. Well, they probably will anyway. I mean, you know, they say it's a straight remake and then everything changes, so. Yeah, like people won't see the first one and they won't make any more. <laughs> the first one is so good. Just on a side note, why don't they just re-release stuff? I was thinking about that the other day. Why don't they just put, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street out again do a mass release because halloween made so much money why would they it made so much money but it was deserving of a remake because the first one is is dated to death yeah halloween had so many sequels everyone's lost track yep so it's about time they did this one because as i've said many many times the reboot sequel seems to be the new thing we had it with Jurassic World, we've had it with Creed, we've had it with Mad Max. So they all work. They're all going to get the audience in. Yeah. And horror audiences will probably make time because they'll go for the more knowledgeable ones. Like we have the remake of Child's Play yeah. next year. We ah. have Pet Cemetery. Everything's coming out next year that's a remake. We're proving that we miss James Wan in the horror industry. Yeah. Or anybody original. Yes. Which we... And then the ones that are original, people say are too complicated. Yep. Like Hereditary. Yeah, well, people loved Hereditary, but yeah. Not all people. (laughs) I think it's sitting at a... close to 90 on Metacritic, and... uh, Maybe not. I don't know. Don't quote and, me on that. But I remember I, last I looked at it, it, it did real well with critics and real well with audiences. Last time I heard, the cinema score was something like a D. Oh yeah. So. Huh. Well, it has its moments. Like I've said on here before, I think it's a lot of the satanic movies of the seventies. It's just copying, but again, people haven't seen that stuff. So. Well, 
talking about stuff that will probably get a D in the cinema scores. We'll go on to the final <laughs> film of the road. As I'm I said, so glad that you're covering it. <laughs> as I said, this was very, very slim pickings for this month. Yeah. I'm not going to lie, but I have picked Bumblebee as the next one. This is a prequel spin-off to those Oscar-nominated movies, the Transformer movies. Yes, without Michael Bay directing for once. Let's see where this one yeah. goes. Pretty much it. Bumblebee is probably the most entertaining of all the Transformers with his cassette playing, like old repeating songs being his way of communicating. We hmm. do have the best leading actress by a long, 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 long way in these franchises in Hayley Steinfeld. Mm-hmm. And it's been nice not to have those boring, like, Shadow the Buff or Mark Wahlberg characters around. I don't really know what's going to happen. I'm trying to avoid learning this. But for me, even though they're not very good, they are actually watchable, these Transformer movies. There's a lot of stuff going on most of the time. And I, it's just bonkers stuff, so I'm quite happy to watch bonkers stuff. Yep, so this is my Boxing Day, I think. <laughs> that, that's yeah. about it, really. Yeah. That's all I got. Yeah, it's uh, I. It's funny you should compliment, you know, the series by having uh, Haley Steinfeld, because when I first saw it. I thought to myself after seeing her in uh, oh something nineteen. What was the nineteen movie she did? Uh, Edge of well. Edge of Seventeen. Edge of Seventeen. Sorry, it's not nineteen. Edge of Seventeen. I liked that so much. Uh, I thought it was such a great movie. And then to see her in this trailer kind of made me feel like, well, she made a really bad mistake there. You know. I kind of saw it opposite. But, you know, yeah, it will help the franchise probably. But for her personally, this is the kind of movie you do that I think can really tank your career. So I think it can finance your career. I think that's the best word to use. Short term. (laughs) But she does does sing as well, so she has a full back. Yeah, Yeah, she does. Uh, So... You know, she's about the right age, too. I don't remember Megan Fox, uh, how old she was when she started doing those, but... uh, Not young. Definitely too old to be doing the type of scenes that Michael Bay was making her do. Yeah. (laughs) To be a 15, 16-year-old girl. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So maybe she'll, um, you know, be a pinup model on all the, you know, Transformer teenager kids, if those exist. Uh, or maybe it'll just be lost somewhere between really young children and teens. Or maybe adults will like it. I don't know. But as far as, as I'm concerned, I would not waste an afternoon in that. No way. So it, it, as I watched it, this thing you know, developed from a VW bug into this Transformer. And you call it Bumblebee. I was sort of like, you guys don't know when to quit. But they do know how to sell toys. Yeah, maybe so, yeah. So, anyhow. But that's our four that we put forward. I feel like Mm -hmm. some of us were more reluctant to put movies forward than others, not mentioning (laughs) names. (laughs) But let's just steamroller through what else is due out. Um, 
one I've actually seen, it was an unseen special, The Old Man and the Gun, Robert Redford's final movie, apparently. Are you in or are you out? Uh, pardon me, I just yawned. No, <laughs> yeah, uh, so hard to say because I love Robert Redford. A River Runs Through, it's my favorite movie. Uh, I like all his movies, but he's just, no, don't do this. I don't know, this looked really boring to me. It is a bit like Catch Me If You Can. That's the best way of describing oh. it for me. It, well, I do uh, like that. That's the best way I felt describing that movie, definitely. Um, the UK are finally lucky enough to get Sorry to Bother You. You yeah. know, we're only about eight months late. <laughs> what did you think of it? Uh, when I see it, I will be able to tell you. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, next one on the board is White Boy Rick. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I just—it's like it doesn't even register. Like, it looks sort of interesting in the beginning of the preview. But then toward the end of the preview, I was bored. And then when I saw it was playing local, and I even had time to go see it, and I wanted to go see a movie so I could do a review on my blog and, you know, have the whole world say, oh, he's done the only review, because, you know, that's how you feel. When movies come out, you feel like, oh, I gotta watch it and review it, and then I'll be the only review out there, and everybody will read my review. I Even when that was the case, I still didn't watch it. So, um, <laughs> I'm joking, of course. Sarcasm. Hopefully people that have listened to this show for two years we've been on know my form of sarcasm. Some people in my real world don't even know it yet. But anyhow, um, yeah, White Boy Rick, I don't know. I'm just going to say, eh, no. Okay, a film that I actually had thought had already come out, as I definitely saw it last year, is The Tulip Fever. Well, what are you going to say about White Boy Rick? I have no idea what it's about. Oh, uh, these are a kid, that, a kid that deals drugs and his dad helps him, but it's comedy. That's I don't know. Looks like. Okay, <laughs> next. Uh, tulip fever. Uh, yeah. I I have sort of grown accustomed to the whole, uh, you know, British uh, period piece film, and I assume it's one of those again. And uh, so, yeah, I, I'll probably watch it, but um not dying to see it. Well, it's kind of, I would say it's dated in, it's based in Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. Oh, so it's not Great Britain. Uh, and it has Alicia Vikander in the lead role. Mm-hmm. And I, it was weird, it was fine. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen any high scores for it. Uh, I think that's why it got delayed suddenly. I, I swear it came out last year, but never mind. Me uh, too. <laughs> Spider-Man into the Spideyverse. Oh, yeah. Um, we've been really frank on this show about color and race and culture and stuff like that. So, And people are damn straight about it uh, on t- Twitter. <laughs> Jesus. I almost feel like being white's a bad thing nowadays. But, you know, I look at this, I think it's a really good thing. For, you know, uh, the black culture right now. I think, you know, to, to make a cartoon that, so it appeals more to younger people and, and not, not just black culture, but white culture as well. 
but the fact that he is black, I think, is really cool. And I think it's keeping with the times and uh, growing with the culture war that, you know, is there. Hopefully it's getting smaller, but it doesn't seem like it. Um, but I think movies like this are good for the culture war because they're bringing, um, you know, young white kids to see this, young black kids to see this. Uh, and I don't know how much it will reflect black culture like... Uh, black panther did but um even if it doesn't and even if just the color of his skin is is you know black and he's being spider-man i think that's awesome i think it's good for our society so that was me being transparent and i think it's good uh, i not sure if i'll see it because i don't really see animated things i'm almost 50 years old so i don't really i just it's not my thing even though i have friends who are 50 that you know and, uh, above and and love animation it's just never really been my thing but um i'll probably see it just for the heck of it to see what kind of cultural elements are in it if any so yeah that's how i feel about that one all right i don't care about it <laughs> yeah okay yeah uh, spider-man's dead at the moment so let's wait until we see what happens next with him <laughs> uh, yeah mortal engines mortal engines yeah uh i'm gonna have to give that one back to you because i don't remember what that was about i saw a poster but i didn't get it really i think it's got something to do with peter jackson but again it's not something that's really interested me at all yeah me neither it, it looked like a relational there was a man and a woman right uh, i can't remember this is meant to be quick fire anyway so i remember th yeah i know i remember thinking what the heck is a mortal engine about that so it sort of has me interested a mysterious young woman named Hester joins forces with Ang Fang, mm -hmm. a dangerous outlaw with a bounty on her head, and Thomas, an outcast from London, to lead a rebellion against a giant predator city on wheels. Oh. <laughs> so, Is there a predator creature? And then I might be interested. So, yeah, that, that's that one to forget. Um, yeah, more this is the one I, there it is. This is what I thought you may have picked. It's the house that Jack oh, built. Yeah. Oh, boy. You know, I like the fact that we're talking about these things. I, if you just say something, it's not really, that's not really uh, podcasting, you know, so it's okay. I want to say something about this one. Um, the house that Jack built. Okay, I, I was really promoting this for a long time, uh, and I really wanted to see it, and I've just heard that this is just what I've heard. Okay, so I don't... I mean, I've read it. Any review that you read about it is giving it, like, really low scores, like 10 to 20%. Um, and it seems to be that the story is a little bit lacking and that there are some... Let's just say, because I don't want to give any spoilers, because I haven't seen it, but... Um, there, there are some scenes where, uh, you know, just, like, uh, brutal killing of people who are of young age you know so to me i don't really need to see that i don't really need that in my head and so i may pass but um i don't know it's just it's so alluring it's interesting i want to know what this serial killer did with this house and i mean i want to know but at the same time um it's just not the thing that the kind of thing that i'm i'm really super drawn to how he's 
doing that artistically or anything like that. So I don't know. What about you, Darren? At two and a half hours long, I'm probably not bothered. Whoa, that's long. You just brutalized in the theater. Probably. I don't think it will be getting to the theaters. Mm-mm. It's coming out a couple of days after Aquaman. I feel that's going to be kind of dominating the cinema. Yeah. So, um, next on the board is Papillon. The, another remake, you know, because yeah. we have enough of them this year. I almost have had enough of Chris Pine. It's not even Chris Pine while. to start with. But oh, who's the guy that faces Charlie over? Hunnam? Oh, Charlie Hunnam, yeah. Yeah, um, love the original. Dustin Hoffman, love it. Um, I think that's Robert Redford too, isn't it? Uh, no, one. it's not Robert Redford. It's uh, Steve McQueen. Steve McQueen. So, yeah, I love that classic movie. That's the kind of movie you can just curl up on the couch and totally enjoy. It's a jailbreak, you know. Uh, but uh, why do I have to see it with modern actors? I don't know. They did a bad job. Maybe they should have done more interviewing, more, you know, going on the internet and showing how why it's worth seeing. Because, I mean, everybody knows Papillon is a classic movie. If you don't, if you're younger and you don't have the Criterion collection, I mean, that's that's another thing to talk about. I mean, this Criterion thing, everybody's so into the Criterion now, it's like almost not even Criterion anymore. Now we need the Criterion of the Criterion. Um but anyways, uh, everybody's fascinated with Criterion. I, I'm pretty sure Papal- Papillon is part of the Criterion uh, collection of classic movies. Uh, you know, it's like you said earlier. You said remake Psycho. It's like, why? It's to show that you're better than Alfred Hitchcock? You know, why make remake Papillon? And it gets back to the other thing I said. Maybe they want it for a new generation. Okay, fine, then it better be good. If you're making it for a new generation because you care about the movie so much that you want a new generation set, then it better be good. And frankly, the I haven't seen a whole lot of trailers, but the stills I've seen and that's it. The stills I've seen, they just haven't got me all enthusiastic. So, Well, the final one is one that's going to confuse me, probably just as much as it's going to confuse you, and that is Holmes and Watson. Which, for some reason, I keep mixing up with Stan and Ollie because John C. <laughs> Riley is in both of them. I didn't and know there was a Stanley and Ollie coming out. That's in January, but they're just—I'm so confused though. They look identical. Uh, do I need a comedy version of Sherlock Holmes? Probably not. Will it go up against Bumblebee? Of course it will. Yeah. Compared to last year, December has looked terrible. Yeah. Yep, yep. I, I think uh, Wreck It Ralph. Well, that came out. That's coming out right now, right? That's out now. Yeah, you were. You said you wrote a review on that. But I was just thinking that would be a decent film to take the whole family to on Christmas because that's something we do too. We in America we do we do Thanksgiving. Everybody go to the movies and then we go Christmas. Everybody go to the movies. I think Wreck It. Uh, uh, Ralph wrecks the internet would be a great way with, you know, from the old, you know, military retired grandpa down to the little kids. I think that that would appeal to all of them, but not Holmes and Watson. 
Nope. So I don't think they'll be selling a lot of tickets on Christmas for Holmes and Watson. That's what I'm trying to say. I don't think it might be one of the worst December's ever. <laughs> Could be. Well, last year we had a Star Wars movie. We had Jumanji and we had The Greatest Showman. Three of them have gone on to just absolutely smash records. With yeah. Jumanji being the fifth highest grossing movie of last year. Yes. And yeah. it came out a week after Star Wars. That's telling yeah. you... I saw Star Wars on Christmas with my family in the uh, city where Ryan Johnson grew up and went to high school, San Clemente. And walked out of there almost crying. I felt like I'd been beat up from all the stuff Luke said. <laughs> That's a whole different conversation but that was on christmas last year so yeah i don't there's like nothing nothing good this year but that tells us that we don't care about the cinema this month but we like to go to our question round so damien yeah it's over to you okay all right um well my question is uh for us to discuss if if netflix wasn't an option what movie service would you choose and why? See, my answer is yeah. a lot simpler. Uh, mm-hmm. I have a lot of physical media anyway. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't need to necessarily rely on a service. I have Sky in England, which gives me nine. No, it gives me about 20 channels of movies. Awesome. Uh, but if I was to go to an actual internet-only subscription, I would lean more towards Shudder just for the horror community. Yeah. Have you ever uh, have you ever sampled it? No, because I don't have time to add more to my list at the moment. Yeah, because the um, the way it renders uh, really sucks. I I wanted to. I I don't think I would subscribe to it because there just isn't enough stuff that I'm interested in, you know, no offense, but to Shudder, but, because I like their, their idea, but, um, I wanted to see a film, and it was a film with subtitles, and I couldn't get it, I couldn't, just couldn't, I couldn't even buy it anywhere, but I noticed it was on Shudder, so, I, uh, subscribed, you know, and I thought, well, if I like this, I'll keep it up, but I mean, who's gonna, on top of everything else we pay for, we pay for, like, three or four services, which are, like, Anywhere from $20 a month down, um, probably Netflix and Amazon Prime being the biggest ones where we, I get a lot of movies, but they are limited as well, especially to horror movies. You know, they, they have a limited number of horror movies. So I put Shutter, and you know what? It was so hard to click around on it. It was just really hard. It didn't flow. It, it, it's like they're not up to speed with the Fire Stick anyway, the Amazon Fire Stick. So I... You know, I I ended up uh, watching part of it, but it was skipping so much that I couldn't even finish the film. So I just, you know, called them up and said, cancel me. And they said, you can have it through the end of the week. I said, I don't care. Just cancel it now. I don't, you know, I'm not going to go on that again. And I told them. They, of course, blamed it on me. But everything else works perfect on my Fire Stick. So anyway, I'm just curious if you had, if you'd experienced that. I like the idea of Shudder. I think they need to really catch up with technology. See, the only ones I've seen is the Horror Channel in the UK had a Shudder weekend, so they mm-hmm. actually got to air three or four of the movies. Oh, but they were doing it through 
the normal Sky was, service. Yeah, but at least it was advertising what was available. And they were movies that were good enough to be watching. Yeah. But you wouldn't have seen unless they, you had that network. I don't think they're very good at advertising. Yeah, I think they're just starting out, you know, because it's a very small niche, you know. I can tell you my wife, you know, she's got an open mind when it comes to horror movies, but she would have no interest in anything on Shudder. Uh, you know, people probably in the generation above me probably would have no interest in Shudder. Um, and then, you know, I just don't know really if they're getting a lot of interest because that's when you really improve your system is when you have a lot of people trying to get on it. You know, I don't think they're really having that yet. But I do like the movies they put out. I think they put out uh, Revenge, didn't they? I think that might have something to do with them, but I have not seen it yet. Yeah, I, oh, you but haven't that, seen that yet. That's, that's one too. you can get a hard copy of or a physical copy of. It's the yeah. ones that they're not the physical copies of, which is... I think They're like, probably making their money more off selling their 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 original stuff or their stuff they have rights to to hbo and different you know established companies they're probably that's probably where they're making most of their money off the royalties not so much off memberships so when they you know if it ever gets big enough uh and they fix their the look i mean it looks like a 1990s website it just looks terrible and you try and click along and it'll freeze and it's just yeah it's just I couldn't even search it up for things. I was like, well, maybe they have this. And it wasn't as easy as Netflix. And Netflix is not even that great. They've improved it a little bit. But Netflix is way better than Shudder as far as finding something. So uh, if anybody at Shudder wants to give me a free year subscription to check it out and work with me on that, I won't turn it down. It's, you know, it's like a candy but that I want. But, I mean, you don't want candy that's, like, been dropped in the dirt, you know. So there you go. But no, good luck, Shudder. I think Shudder has a lot of potential, and I'm excited to see the movies they make. Uh, but I did want to say about this question, because this is actually a good question. Uh, some of mine haven't been so great, but this one I thought I think is, stands up. And I just want to say that uh, I'm jealous of that Sky thing. If I we had Sky over here, I think I would get that for sure. Uh, but we don't. And so we're kind of limited to piecemeal subscription to things and that's kind of what we do if we're into movies over here uh but i have netflix and i have amazon prime and together they have a lot of movies so you're kind of set there uh but then as far as new movies that are coming out the only movies that come out right away or tv shows are the ones that are created by netflix or created by amazon prime you don't get you know the brand new stuff from other services so just to make things worse uh, about capitalism, I'll, I'll go ahead and say it, um, Netflix is a, is a subunit of what we have, which is a Fire Stick. And when you go to the Fire Stick, it's Amazon. Amazon. It connects you all the Amazon stuff. And we have Amazon Prime. So when you do a voice search, like I'll say, the Bad News Bears, and it will show like every... Everywhere that that is available, whoever has that, like if Shutter has it, then they'll say Shutter has it. Of course, they wouldn't have that. But you get my point. It'll show little app pictures of each place that you can actually watch that. And then when you click on that, it tells you how much it would cost to rent it. And Amazon Prime or Netflix, you know, if it's on those and they show up, you're stoked because 
you subscribe to those, so they're free. So we've been loving that. That's been really cool. And then you know, there's so many ways to get movies. Like you can purchase them on Amazon Prime. You can purchase them on YouTube. You can purchase them so many different places. Um, but it was, you know, kind of going slow sometimes, uh, but beyond what it was for Shutter on on our uh, Fire Stick. So my wife started looking around because she does that for me. She looks out for me. She's awesome. She knows I watch a lot of movies. So she started looking around. And she found this thing called Nvidia, and Nvidia looks like a video game. It's just like this little black thing that you put next to your TV, and it's Wi-Fi, and uh, it it looked like it got way more than we were getting. It looked like it got Amazon. It looked like it got Netflix. It looked like it got all these things, but it's connected to Android, so uh, and also connected to Google. So I plugged it in. We we had it shipped to us. It's about two hundred dollars. It was a lot of money. So we plugged it in. I was all excited because it looked so good on the stuff I'd seen online. This is the Nvidia thing and got good reviews. Everything. It doesn't even let you go. If something's on Amazon Prime, this is the capitalism thing. If something's on Amazon Prime, it doesn't let you even go there. It opens this little thing, says, oh yeah, that's on Amazon Prime. And you have to click through like three things to get there. Whereas the other one, if it's on, you know, YouTube or anything, it'll tell you, just be transparent. Say, boom, it's on YouTube. Click here to get paid for it or click here to watch it for free. So we sent it back because I think that's ridiculous when a company says you can only look at what we produce with your voice command. You can only, that's the only thing we're going to show you the other stuff you got to go in there and deal with it yourself and it's a big pain so um it's a war over here i mean it, it's like a war for your viewing and your money um but yeah so we we went back to the fire stick which i think is the best there's a freestanding thing that we're going to get it's a little bit less than the nvidia and that's coming in the mail but that will stop the clicking and it might help with the shutter i don't know i don't think it will though because we've tried it on other things. Um, but uh, it must work for somebody. So maybe it'll work better for that. So anyway, that's my big long thing. It's kind of like a review there. But I just people need to be aware that when you're buying something, find out who it ships with. This ships with Google. This ships with Android. It does not ship with uh, Amazon or Netflix. So it makes it harder to get those movies up on your screen. So Darren, sorry about that. So which service would you pick? The Amazon Fire Stick, 100%. That's, that's not really a service, though, is it? Oh, for service, yeah. Well, I, I hate to say it, it's not that much money. But, you know, if you really think about, if you watch a lot of movies and you want the peace of mind, um, it's $100 a year for Amazon Prime, but you get free shipping. You can ship anything, get anything shipped for free, and a whole bunch of other stuff you get for free. Uh, Amazon Prime has a lot of movies, a lot of a lot of TV shows. So I'd get Amazon Prime and I would get Netflix as well. Those two. Fair enough. So we're going to dive into the next question to see how much research Damien has done throughout the show. <laughs> the question is, well, the awards are going to get announced or the nominees soon anyway. We are going to put forward three or four, probably just four, Actors or actresses we would like to see nominated this year. Have you got one yet, Damien? Um, I like... Uh, I just know his last name is Malik. 
you got a film yeah Rami Malek there we go Bohemian Rhapsody okay so I like him because even though I I'm not 100% super crazy about the film I like uh, what he did in it and his transformation I think was really balls out I mean he really had to work to get that to happen so have you seen that one yet uh, no I okay. doubt I will be <laughs> Yeah, it's mostly music I hear, um, but uh, and their music. It's not even new forms of the music, but you know, I mean, let's face it. Anytime you hear doom 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 doom, you know, I mean, you're gonna enjoy that. That's gonna be enjoyable. So it's just a bunch of their movie, their music, and he's from your your side of the pond. Actually, he is Persian. Did you know that? Uh, Freddie Mercury. Don't know anything about Freddie Mercury. I don't like Queen. Oh I, really? I know three Queen songs. I think they're the three yeah. songs everyone knows. I yeah. hate Bohemian Rhapsody. It really? was on for too long. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's it, it's been overplayed, but it's uh, you know something different. So yeah, he'd be one. Um, well, we'll do one each, and we'll go back. Okay. All yeah. right. I'll put forward Nick Robinson from Love Simon. Oh yeah! Gosh, did that come out this year? Yes. That seems like it's been out forever. The beginning of the year, we're in March short time. I still think this is my number one for the year. Mm-hmm. I just think this performance is so perfect. Yeah. And for someone so young to pull it off and be already being overshadowed by another performance in a childlike role, we might get to that later. We'll see. Um, yeah. I just feel this one deserves some attention because of how it handles everything revolving the subject matter and he handles it so well that's great I haven't seen that yet but I'm definitely going to now um I uh once in a while I really go on and on about a film and and I really have to say that uh Beautiful Boy is, is an incredible film has that come out over there yet not till next year oh you poor guy yeah, it's it's definitely good, but maybe you could see it by one of your other means before then. I don't know, but um, yeah, and I don't know really. I had to think about it because the dad and the son are both so good in it, but I'm gonna go with Steve Carell as the dad because you don't think for one minute um, that he's a comedian. He goes into this role so well as the caring, loving dad. And he doesn't want to see his son, you know, lost to drugs. And it's just, I mean, it, the people have been saying, like all over my Twitter feed, somebody said, I feel like I've been hit by a ton of bricks. Is that how you're supposed to feel when you watch a good movie? <laughs> and I saw that before I went to see it. And I was like, oh, well, that could be good or bad. It's good. Trust me, it's good bricks. I mean, you just, we all probably have touched addiction in some way in our lives, like a neighbor, uh, you know, an uncle, grandpa, whatever, somebody in our fa- in our extended family, addiction is all around us, and to see this uh, play through, and this is a true story, and the father wrote a book called, a memoir called Beautiful Boy, and the son wrote a memoir called Tweak, and uh he is i think ages like 19 through 21 in the movie so you see a lot of transformation and uh 
is it is a powerful film. So I think Steve Carell should win for that. I really do. Well, it wouldn't be the first time he's gone serious and surprised the world. Yeah, so, yeah. He uh, did a good job. I'm going to go to one that I think will probably get on the shortlist. It is on many people's shortlists, and that is Tony Collette for Hereditary. Hmm. That could be the best horror performance in a long, long time. It's simple yeah. set, really. Just the argument scene and the table, just the slow mental break as everything's unfolding and what happens in this movie. It's just one that just shocked everyone. I know a lot of people were calling for it to get a nomination, if not a win, but I'm also hearing it's very, very competitive this year for once. That's yeah, I think the only reason that I'll ever see Hereditary again, and by the way, Tony Collette does a, does a great job. I'm not going to put down her acting in that film, but the only time I would ever watch that film again would be just to see how someone who hasn't seen it reacts, like watch my wife react to it. Um, because I just, it was the same with, with Halloween. Similar feeling. I just wanted to go home. You know, it was just so long. The very, very end scene for me explains what he was trying to do. I guess the guy had never done horror before, the director. And so he studied a bunch of 70s horror. And to me, it's so clear that that's the case. Because in the, like, the final scene is so much like Rosemary's Baby. Um... And there's just a lot of it that was ringing out saying, this is a 70s film. This is a 70s horror film. This is the whole satanic thing. And, you know, it was all right, but it just too long. And but but what she did in it was really good. Like when she says, I am your mother. I mean, that's woo. It reminded me of addiction, like something's taken over her. And uh, it was powerful. So I give you that. I just don't give you the movie. I can't. I do. That's not. Not my favorite. So what's your third choice going to be? Um, well, let's see. Uh, probably, I did, I did really like Ryan Gosling in First Man. I think people are going to give that movie a hard time because it's not like Apollo 13 with Tom Hanks, like where you're gonna have all this amazing footage of space. It's not like gravity, um, but it's oh. not really meant to be that way. I'd argue you don't really get much footage of space in Apollo 13. <laughs> yeah, they're kind of stuck up there, huh? But um, yeah, you don't even get that in First Man. You, you kind of do, but it's yeah. But you don't um, need it. Like, they both no. those two stories are not about space. They're a human story, both of them. Yeah, and I think in uh, the song Rocket Man by Elton John, even though he, he has said it's about going on tour, I think if you listen to it, like, imagine, suggesting to yourself that it has to do with uh, astronaut, you know, in the similar situation of, of uh, First Man, then then you might get sort of what the movie's about. I think it's... He, he almost should have named it Rocket Man <laughs> because it's really like that... Uh, and everybody suffers. It's not just him. When they're suffering, it's you know it just kind of balloons out to other not mushroom clouds out or whatever to other people. Uh, and I think that that's interesting. And I think it's an interesting film. And, and he did a good job. He doesn't talk much in it. 
if there's a few times he really talks and I think to myself, geez, would Neil Armstrong even say that much, you know? He's kind of a man's man. Um, but, uh, but Ryan Gosling really surprised me in this. I was still thinking of him in La La Land. Um, and I was a little skeptical, but I was really drawn in by that movie beginning to end and I really liked it. So I would vote for him. Aaron, I think he's probably going to be on the short list at the moment. Yeah. If we're honest. Uh, my third pick is going to be another actress. I'm going to pick Thomasin McKenzie from Leave No Trace. Oh, I thought you were going to say, uh, Lady Gaga. Thank God. No. Um, okay, go ahead. <laughs> it's, it's just seeing someone so young perform so well in a movie that's such an interesting story. Uh, yeah. The character has to go through such a development because of a life they never knew about compared yep. to the life they used to. Uh, both her and Bev Foster are both fantastic. Yeah. And it's just one of those performances that's, it's one of those where you see a kid or, teenager come out of nowhere and it'll probably make their career yeah Suppose probably that. will yeah yeah oh yeah um so you were nominating the girl yes oh, okay yeah yeah she does a great job the the dad's not bad either ben foster he he does a good job too but like like the other story i was telling he doesn't talk very much um but yeah you really go on the journey with her don't you I mean, if you sort of feel like, hey, what the hell's going on? She questions things, she grows, and, and it's, uh, I would I would definitely vote for her, yeah. Well, what's your final pick going to be? <sighs> um, let's see, I didn't know I had one more. Um, probably... I don't think I have any others. Well, you know, I do like... I, I did like Ethan Hawke in First Reformed, even though the movie as a whole... Well, I really didn't like the ending. But um, he really blew me away in that. He's really improved as far as, you know, playing a serious role. And uh, I, well, I don't want to say improved. I'll just say evolved, matured, grown soulful. Those are better words. Um, but yeah, he, he was great. Did you see that one? Not yet. Okay. I am surprised you didn't pick John Cho for searching. Not going to lie. Oh God. Yes. But yes, I have to take that back. You know, I'll, I'll tell you what I, you know, as you know, I wasn't totally prepared for this part of the show. So I went to a page that had like, you know, pretty much it says, suggested suggested winners but it doesn't have very many so yeah they left him off there but i will definitely i'll change my vote from ethan hawk to john chow he was great as a dad in that and talk about you know similar to ethan hawk he has really grown and his arc as an actor has really shown itself and i think he's somebody we're definitely going to see more and more of not just in typecast roles not necessarily roles for Asians, but just like, you know, roles like this one where he was a dad, you know? Yes. One of the best of the year. Yeah, I agree. But I'm going to finish this off by starting probably the beginning of our argument for today's show. Okay. I am going to pick Daniel Kahula for Widows. 
And I'm picking him because I already anticipating Viola Davis and Elizabeth Debicki being nominated. And this was the role when I watched the trailer. I thought this looks stupid. It didn't look very good. And then I watched it, and it was like, yeah, you just nailed Psycho Cop down or Psycho perfectly. And mm. you wanted to see more of this character, even though you knew how disturbing he was. I've seen people giving him comparisons to Bardem for No Country and Old Men for how just mm. completely out of his mind he looked and scared you would be if you ever met him or he came for you. So that's yeah. why I'm picking Daniel Kahula. Hmm. Yeah, I. Are you baiting me? I don't understand. <laughs> no. Um. Yeah. Widows is one of those where, in my opinion, um, is has a lot of parts that are amazing, including the director. He's a very the stuff he puts out. Steve McQueen is very disturbing, and I like that. Maybe it's because I'm a horror fan. Maybe because I am a human. I don't know. But I, you know, I like his stuff, but it, I don't love his stuff. And I thought Widows was just all over the place. And I already know. I, was, I can just anticipate people flipping me off right now um, because of just what I see all over the place happening. But I, I, you know, people's comments on it, just like they'll give their right arm for it and things like that. I'll tell you what, this is not a good movie. And if you go to it thinking you're going to see this amazing thing, you give, oh, wow, that really... No, you're going to see um, a clear attempt to empower women, which I am not against. I am not against that. But when you do it, at the expense of what could be a good heist film, then it's a bait and switch. You're baiting the audience and giving them something different. So f- for me, yeah, that's a good name that you gave. And yeah, that's he plays a, a memorable character for sure. And he could win. Um, but I just feel that this movie was toxic. It was not enjoyable i wanted to be out of there just you know like i am sometimes maybe i'm too sensitive but for me uh it was a bait and switch the heist doesn't even start for i think about an hour and 40 minutes something like that so people say well it's not meant to be a heist movie okay thank you you know i can tell i've been around the block a little bit on twitter about this film but um yeah for me it'll win i think it's gonna win a lot of awards but it's because of the empowerment of women. Viola Davis is a strong voice, you know, for blacks and good. They need a strong voice and I'm not complaining about it. But just we look at it as just stack it up against, you know, another movie like, you know, another heist movie. And I think it falls very flat. So I apologize if I've offended anybody, but that's just my opinion about it. And I don't think I'm alone because there's a lot of other people saying the same thing. Well, can we just point out that this is a remake of a British TV show from the 80s? Yes, we can point that out, which I that, haven't seen. Never have I, but it was about three women whose husbands were killed and went and did a heist. So, yeah. is there already going to be a women-heavy movie? I will agree on the fact that it was marketed wrong. It was marketed yeah. as a very slick 
heist movie. Mm-hmm. But I think the importance behind it was to show that the criminal world, once the criminal goes, will affect your family rather yeah. than and the people who don't need to be in the world as none of them they all well two of them have legit businesses or jobs mm-hmm. and the other one is just too naive to know what she's really doing with her life yet uh, they sold it quite heavily on the four person cast mm-hmm. and while I don't have any issues with the performance from the fourth one she wasn't a widow <laughs> right <laughs> um she was, just, she was a great runner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that was a bit misleading. Um, I did like the third act, well, the second act twist. I thought it was quite clever. I also like the corruption between the two political sides, like Colin Farrell and I can never remember the damn bloke's name. I, a lot of times I had to say this guy's name on my video because I kept messing it up. Uh, Brian yeah. Trey Henry. Oh, I can't say, I don't know. And them two going back and forth and trying to solve their problems, even though they were on different sides and completely misleading to where we're going at times. I still think this is in my top five for the year. I actually checked out your site on that. I went over and looked at what you got and I was like... I I agree with some of what you said, but I do not know how you can come to this conclusion to say that this is going to be such a good uh, movie. But, you know, you got to look at what the people like, too. I mean, the people are loving it. So I can't just sit here and say, I know better, you know. I mean, I don't think I'll see it again. I don't want to see it again. It was an uncomfortable entire time. was uncomfortable for me. Um, I kept waiting for it to do something familiar to me, but it didn't. And it just never resonated. And I said, because you're a white man. No, there's a lot of white people in it. <laughs> Liam Neeson was a white man. Of course, he, you know. Anyway, I don't want to give away any spoilers for you guys. But well, let's just is... pose a question to you, just because part yeah. of what you're saying is empowering. I brought it up, yeah. Part of what you're saying is the empowerment of women. So what if, as it's a remake, and we're in a more modern time, they had made one of the couples that had lost one a lesbian married couple. Would that still be empowering a woman to you? Uh, because it would be a wife who is a victim of their I, partner's I guess, crime. I guess the way I took it was like we're in 2018. Uh, Viola Davis's character was... It's mentioned at least twice that she was in the teachers' union, and that was her job. So I don't know if she was a teacher, went to school for that, or I don't, I don't know how you become high in the teachers' union when you haven't like been to school to be a teacher or whatever. Maybe she was a teacher. I don't remember. But um, the point that I felt that Steve McQueen was trying to show through all the women, and you just said it yourself, was that they can't get proper jobs. They can't. I, in, did, I, I don't, I don't say, know proper. Means. I didn't say they couldn't get, but I said they did have proper jobs. Um, yeah, they didn't have proper. Well, they couldn't, and they showed that. Like did, the one girl they, had, to, one girl had to go be a prostitute, you know, because she couldn't work yeah. at the Seven Eleven. Uh, the mom said, "You'll never make as much in the Seven Eleven as you make." She says, "I always wanted you to go to school," and then she's all, "Well, yeah, you had a different man in here every night, and that's how you took care of me." And then she slaps her and all that. Um, I felt that there was a very strong message that of oppression 
and that these there is like a no way to jump the middle class to get up into the big leagues which is fine message but and it's probably true but there are ways up and there you know there are ways to do things and i felt like it was sort of showing that these these women who have become made widows the only thing that they knew how to do was screw their husbands over and make money and that was all they knew how to do. And then once they did, then they'd be millionaires. And I didn't really get that. I didn't really... I wasn't like, cool, let's see that happen. Three of them, at least, one we don't really meet either, definitely didn't rely on their husbands. Okay. Uh, Michelle Rodriguez was trying to have uh-huh. her own business. But the only reason yeah, but she, she shut it down because of her husband, remember? Yeah, because her husband had a gambling problem. It wasn't anything she had done wrong. It was her husband's mistakes. Yeah. She had earned that herself. She had paid for it herself. And he had blown all the money. Um, yeah. Viola Davis's character was a high-ranking political figure slash teacher. I'm not sure if she was a teacher or just someone in politics, but I imagine yeah. she was a teacher. Mm-hmm. And the one we don't really meet is like a single mum who's got a, or a mother because becomes a single mum lives quite a quiet life not uh, not as in quiet as in low paying the desperation has turned them to crime the only one that has nothing is Alice but she's stuck in an abusive relationship which is made pretty clear early on because yeah. she's also too young to understand that she could have walked away because she doesn't know how to walk away because her parents have never really shown her the best way to trust a man so they've all been given a story that doesn't ever rely on them needing the man. It relies on yeah. the men are doing things they shouldn't be doing and putting their futures at risk. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And, and then of course they got that. That was part of the storyline. But I think just on a macro level, people are loving this movie because they see it as a way uh, they screwed the system and that you don't have to screw the system. And that, so that's just where I, you know, get, kind of got off the bus with it, and and you know what? If it was going to be a heist movie, and that was a small part of the story, like that that Ocean's, uh, what was it, eight with uh, Sandra Bullock? I mean, that was a really bad movie, but it was silly and it was funny, and it was kind of the same kind of thing. But and these very women downgrading to women because it turns around and says, you know what, women are going to steal necklaces and diamonds instead yeah, of money. Yeah, but it was but it was very quick. It was they didn't dwell on it for an hour, you know. And show how horrible society is if you're this, if you're that, if you're too this, if you're too that. And that's the thing that I think we need to get away from with prejudice, not, you know, revel in it and say we have to rob banks because our husbands uh, were so messed up and we can't do anything out from under them. It's an interesting story, you know, I'm not going to say it's hard to write a good story nowadays in, in Hollywood, but uh yeah, for me, I just like something like if they had a ray of hope, like say the running girl bailed out at the last minute or something, and when they're all being taken to jail or something, and she's watching them go in jail, she's kind of waves at them and cries or something like, "Hey, I took the high road," kind of a thing. But it was just we're supposed to be so happy about screwing over the system and taking all that money. And again, if it was a short mention of it, then it'd be fine. It's a heist movie. But it, you had to just accept that they were so worthy of praise and all oh, these poor widows, you know. And so, and I, I sound like a 
terrible judgmental white man saying that but I, I honestly I went through it in my head many many times and I just I didn't find it to be a good movie I really didn't I'm sorry well that's the first one we're going to talk about that we've seen yeah. so what else have you seen this month uh you know let's see here my ratings uh, well you know I saw Leave No Trace loved that gave it an 8 uh saw a bunch of movies um let's see here see the weird thing when i go through my list here is that there's so many that are from way back when i like i watch movies from all did you watch old movies still darren yeah just this and that uh oh i saw this one it was real neat i think it was a netflix movie let me see no it was a prime movie uh amazon prime movie it's called hearts beat loud and this is a father and daughter who form an unlikely songwriting duo in the summer before she leaves for college. Similar thing. He's going to lose his uh, record shop because nobody's going in there. And Tony Collette's in it, in fact. She's his, uh, the dad's, well, she, first she's the landlord and then she becomes the girlfriend of the dad. And she does a great job in it. But uh, it's cute. The the daughter, who, you know, I just noticed happens to be black didn't even think of it um but based on what we were talking about earlier um and he's you know nick offerman he's white as white gets and he's her dad and the mom has died um and they just basically write songs and it's so fun like she'll be sad about something he'll say come on over she's oh my god dad come on i want to come over there so please come over so they'll come over and they'll write a really cool song and they play it uh live and it's just that kind of goes over and over in there i think they're able to get the money they need so yeah hearts beat loud that was a cool one um well actually technically i saw searching but that was way back when at the beginning and i think we've already covered searching Searching's amazing um yeah oh i saw hellfest i loved hellfest did you see hellfest no nope, didn't really get a proper oh. release Darren, I've been able so to. Bad for you I've been there. sent information to promote it, to go mm-hmm. to a premiere of it, but I never got released in the cinema. You remember how I said I hope Aquaman, Aquaman is not busy, and Spider-Man Two is very busy. The Sam Raimi Spider-Man Two, and and you know I prefer more simple. This is a classic example of a slasher that's very simple, and I really enjoyed it. It didn't do that well with critics but i think it's amazingly done really well done it's just like if you're gonna pull over to the side of the road you know the houses that october built i don't know if you've seen that one but you know just there's like these scary places they've set up to be haunted houses and so you know you just go oh let's check this one out and you go in there and it's called hellfest and you know you could easily get lost in a place like that, you know. So that's kind of the intro to it. I'll just read what it says. It says, a mass serial killer. What happened here? Oh, my sticky keys came up. Sorry about that. Um, a masked serial killer turns a horror-themed amusement park into his own personal playground, terrorizing a group of friends while the rest of the patrons believe that it's all part of the show. So anyway, that's it. And uh, probably no more than that, really. In the theater, saw the Apostle. Apostle's pretty good. 
So I'll leave uh, my last one and I'll go to Overlord. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you love it? It was very graphically entertaining. Oh, man. I was thinking about you. I, I, that was just... Because we've talked, we've had done all our horror shows, you know, and I was, I love that movie. It was completely over the top, but it was didn't care that it was. At least I didn't try to hold back, which is good. Uh, Wyatt Russell, I've, you could tell he was Kurt Russell's son in that movie. <laughs> you could, if that was the eighties, that would have been Kurt Russell. Put it that way. That's you know what? You know what I freaking loved in that movie was the the villain, the the guy who turns you know turns himself. The I one, don't even know his name or who he is, but he was so good. Pelau or something. He was in the Ghost in the Shell movie as the partner. Oh, okay, man, that was just. I kept thinking like you know this is gonna get bad, but it just kept building and building and building. Probably the scenes when. You know, when they're hiding out in the room and there's that zombie person or whatever in the closet, the relative. That part was a little long. They probably could have chipped away a little at that. But I, when they started going underground and getting into the tower and so on and so forth, man, I felt like I was watching, like, the best horror movie. Yeah, the scene when the main character first explores it and he's discovering things around every corner and he doesn't know what he's going to find and trying to stay away from the Germans as well. Yeah, we learn as he does, which is really clever filmmaking. Like, too often we see a shot inside there, and then we'll see the character do it, which fills up time on the camera. But yeah. this gives us one, almost like a still one of those long pan row where you just there doesn't seem to be many cuts in it. You're just constantly following him around, and I love exactly. watching that scene. Yeah, I. I can't say enough about this film. If it's still playing out there near you guys, you should go see it. I I mean, it's... Uh, yeah, you probably need to be somewhat of a horror fan um, to get what I'm talking about, but it's just... I mean, it just from the very beginning, it starts out, and it never stops. Um, it's D-Day, and they're up in this plane. They're parachuting out. Right there at that moment, I knew I was in a movie that was really going to take things seriously, take history seriously, and the look of things seriously, and uh, just to go into to you know this this Hitler realm and find. And I have since found that there's a lot of films about that. There's a lot. Frankenstein's Army is one that comes to mind. I looked up a bunch of these films. There's there's films. There's almost a genre of Hitler zombies <laughs> type yes. films. I've seen most of them. That's why I was <laughs> okay, skeptical yeah. going in slash avoiding anything going in. Yeah. Um, Outpost, there's a trilogy of them. The first okay. one's quite good. Uh, mm -hmm. Obviously, you mentioned Frankenstein's Army, which is, yeah, bonkers as well. Oh, gosh. I didn't yeah. enjoy it as much, but I love the practical creations in it. Yeah, I'll leave it at that for you. <laughs> Very intense, yeah. But it's there. It is a little thing. It's a cheap thing that they're doing in horror at the moment because they're just let's make the Nazis even more evil than they really were. Let's just turn them into mad scientists and easy peasy. We have a villain that we hate. It's it's crazy. I think Overlord does it better than anything I've seen so far because the budget was high enough. 
to where they had like you know just like Frankenstein these big electrical buttons like you see in military grade movies coming down and you know let's jolt this guy or you know let's they do a bunch of stuff they they have flamethrowers the flamethrowers are crazy it made me think like if I was in a apocalypse I definitely want me a flamethrower <laughs> it wouldn't because kill him but it would at least slow him down the only thing worse than a zombie running at you is a fire zombie running at you <laughs> maybe so maybe. but didn't it look good when they had them on I mean, oh man it, they would hit the ground when they caught on fire so then you go up to them and just you know take care of them there but it was yeah I am, I'm so glad to hear that we're together on one we may differ on widows, but we agree on overload. But I guess, guess which one will make more money? <laughs> Surprisingly, it's probably going to be overload. No, really? Is that true? They've both really bombed at the cinema. I think that was just a timing thing, though, not related to quality of movie. I think it's to do with Bohemian Rhapsody did a lot better than people thought it would. And mm. then the family audience... Neither of these two films are family audience targets. Like Overlord is an 18 in England, so mm. there's no kids seeing that movie. I don't. Mm. I'm guessing it's the one where you have to be over 17 to watch in America. Would, it's our yeah. You got to have a parent with you, or so, someone older. I think. So that also takes away that audience. And both of them, like Bohemian Rhapsody is accessible for all, and then you had The Grinch, because that's a big American thing, and then you had Bohemian Ra um, Fantastic Beasts, and they've just sort of been buried by those two, or three. Well, it sucks for J.J. Abrams, because I know he produced it, so I hope he recovers some of his money through streaming and things, because, uh, you know, J.J. is our guy. We've we've done shows on his movies. We we love J.J., and uh, except for the Star Wars <laughs> forgot about that one <laughs> but anyway um yeah so wow that was a crazy show <laughs> yes and that is going to conclude our december talk come back next month and we're going to be talking about what we're looking forward to in january where we're going to be picking our top five most anticipated movies of 2019 so yep, yep, if yep you want some strange hints you could head over to Riley on film to see what he has mm -hmm. to say yes sir or you can find me at moviereviews101.com to see what I've picked as my anticipated movies that's right and we'll say goodbye from Damien goodbye listeners we'll see you in a month and if you ever want to be on the show contact us we used to say that we haven't said that in a while so we love to have new guests that love movies yes and I'll say goodbye too. And until next right. time, and goodbye.